This is Rock and Roll Grad School with your hosts, Heidi Hedquist and Luke Poling. And they can't fight this either. Hello, kitties. We're going to have a good time together. And this week, and I think we will, because Kurt, oh, this week our guest is Kurt Dimer. Yes. And he is a ball of energy in the best way possible. He is. And he's one of those guests, I feel like we hung up with him and we're like, all right, I need to go do something more with my time. Yeah, but in a sense that like, it's not even like I need to go. I mean, yes, we do need to do something more, but also. Seriously, we're just coasting now. We are. But also we can do more. Like we can make things happen. So it wasn't just like, it didn't make me leave feeling like, wow, we're a couple of losers. I mean, we know we are, but right. Yeah. But like, okay. Like this guy has just made stuff happen and we can do that. This is true. And if you're listening to the show on the day we released it, the next round of Kurt doing things while we sit around not doing much, he Mm -hmm. is starting a tour tonight Yes. With Jeff Tate from Queensryche. And then Phil, or I'm sorry, Kurt is touring with Phil X mm-hmm. from Bon Jovi, which I always forget that Richie isn't there anymore. And he hasn't mm-hmm. been there for like a decade. It, it's been a while. Yeah. And I'm always like, wait, he left? Yeah. Yeah. It's awkward. So, but Phil has been killing it. He has been. And they've been recording. There's a, I think he said an EP coming out at some point mm-hmm. soon. So you can go see him tonight in lovely Worcester, Massachusetts, God's country. Um, coming up to Flint, the machine shop. There you go. Yeah. Which is awesome. Which I plan to yeah. go see him. Two but nights in New Bedford. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, his whole thing is pretty cool. Cause he didn't start off on this path at all. No. And that's the, all the more impressive. Yes. Is it fall where you are yet? Well, it is, except it's getting super hot tonight. We're going to have tornadoes and storms. Oh, we did that last week. I ask because I have already segued into my fall listening. I haven't yet. I fight Which means I I do, but then there are times when I have to lean into it. And I'm just like, we're listening to Automatic for the People. Here we go. Yeah. I usually try to get, get through to our birthday month before we... Yeah, Um, but I've been having a great five or six days with uh, Michael and friends with Michael and Mike and yeah, sometimes Bill's there, sometimes not. Yeah, we get it. Um, Automatic is my favorite of their albums by far. Oh, I think for me, it's out of time. Yeah, no, I'm an automatic people girl. But that was the one I... I think it was on a drive from Boston to Florida and like had one issue of Rolling Stone in the car that I get, and they were on the cover for out, for out of time. We mm-hmm. read it a bunch of times. And it's that thing that I spent the entire car ride trying to imagine what the sound that they were talking about sounded like. And then when I finally got the out of time tape at like a Walmart in Florida, I was like, this is exactly what I thought it would be. And so that's for, for me, that's one of those like, top 10 albums yeah well the experience made it i mean yes. nothing against the album the album's amazing it's just... right right near wild heaven i could do without but um, the rest of it it's great I, I mean country feedback come on I know. come on um i also monster 
too is lovely. Monster is lovely. For me, it's the let me in at the end. That's just the capper where I'm just like, I'm done. I yeah. hang, hang me up. I'm all done. I know. I, I go in phases with them. Mm. I definitely like Rachel's a hardcore fan. I see. And so, where so where do you part ways? Did you kind of give up at some point? I didn't really give up. I just don't often go to them. I don't mm. often pull them out. And so if what I do, is, I pull out automatically. What is your fall listening? This will be a fun A, B. I know, right? My fall, I mean, I do definitely go back to some of our, our friends of our of days of yore. Like, I definitely go back to the 90s, probably because mm-hmm. I think of, like, high school and college and freezing my ass off crossing campus. Right. So I definitely dig my my, my boy, Eddie, and mm-hmm. Stone out. Jeff. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of vitology that comes out. Mm, sure. Of all um, the records, that one. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I love them all, but I, right. but vitology is kind of the same thing in the sense that I, they did a whole, like, I think I've told you this before, like you're, they played the entire album on 89 X before it was released. Oh. I sat in my 87 Sundance <laughs> in the <laughs> driveway of my dorm for hours and just listened to the whole thing. And oh, that that's nice. Pretty that's amazing. a very and then nice way to. We went to Harmony House the next day and stood in line to get it on vinyl and on CD. So that so that I that see. comes out. I go to yeah. some Simon and Garfunkel. Mm, interesting. Yeah, I get some some boxers. Some. I was gonna say Bridge Over Troubled Waters or well, Bookends. I mean, Bridge Over Troubled Water. It's always right. time for that. That's just that's the true. song you go to when it's a bad day. Yeah, it's very true. So. Yeah, so that's kind of, those are kind of okay. my. All right. I was expecting us to go on a completely different path. No, we actually did okay on this. Yeah, one. no, I was I was expecting, I don't know, DeBarge or something to pop up. Well, again, DeBarge. <laughs> I feel like DeBarge is like a winter because mm. it's, uh, it's when you really wish you were on the beach in St. Martin. Right. Or you wish you were on a cruise. So you dig out your DeBarge, your Lionel Richie, your Earth, Wind & Fire. Your Miami Sound Machine? Yes, well, Miami Sound Machine always has its place, but only right. certain ones. Right. Congo? What? Congo. Con- 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 I love <laughs> you said it so subtle. Congo? Congo. Uh-huh. At least we know your favorite. Yeah. <laughs> Remember? So it was really funny the other day, speaking of Miami Sound Machine. Um, I, Dave and I both have a memory that this actually happened we think his cousin barry sent us this psa but dave said to me the other day he goes i have this vision of Gloria estefan singing covid's gonna get you and it being like a mask psa but then i kind of remember that actually being real but i haven't looked it up to find it but um, i think she actually did do that at the beginning of the pandemic yes april 23rd cbs sunday morning um posted it gloria stefan rewrites hit song to promote coronavirus safety right okay it is real i knew it was real because he's like i came up with this idea for a psa i'm like no that that happened she did that. yeah i completely missed that oh it's a doozy i can imagine and she just announced recently that she had it yes so she again somebody else to go to your party i know my party is getting really good you're gonna need a second table 
well yeah this is turning into like an actual bash like dinner yeah. is going to be incidental at this point yeah do you think it i bet emilio probably had it too right oh for sure of course the florian has got it emilio and has totally too. got it yeah they say stay home please don't go outside there's no use dying each time someone comes within six feet we feel like crying not long ago we could touch our friends and our relations they made it clear we rolled up the way to our frustration now, where where are you based you in la i'm based uh, out of la and cincinnati ohio right now i'm in cincinnati ohio okay is why did you grow up there i'm assuming I was born it, here, but uh, I can't. This is where my family was originally from. So I've spent a lot of my life here, but in the last few years, I've obviously been a lot in LA. So, yeah, we're going to rehearse here before we head out on tour. I've got my own studio. This is my studio behind me. You see, I noticed the green screen. Yeah. Yeah. So I can film. I've got a big recording studio to the left here. And I do all my work when I'm home here, but when I'm in LA, I don't have a place out there. I'm, I'm struggling to want to buy a place out in California. So I, I get that. I kind um, of like the Grafton hotel. So yeah. I don't, and I, you know, I'm usually there a few weeks at a time. Now last year I actually lived there all year and I had a studio and a house I rented, but uh, I was kind of stuck there, you know? Right. When do you guys head out? We head out from here on the 6th. Okay, so pretty soon. Yeah, but we're going to end up doing uh, two shows here in town now before we leave on the 3rd and the 4th at the end of rehearsal week, some local one-offs, and then we head out on Monday. And we start in Massachusetts, so. Where in Massachusetts? Uh, How do you pronounce it? Worcester? Oh, Worcester, yes. Worcester, yeah. Yeah, I I grew up outside of Boston, so. um, Yeah. I think so, we have a couple shows in New Bedford later in the tour. Oh, so. excellent! And, then you they, get, and they just told me today we have one in Drake Cut. Oh, Drake. Yep. Or That's Drake closer it. to Drake. It. Yeah. Drake. Closer it. to the Cape. Um, okay. Okay. But it's it's uh, I moved with my wife down to her hometown outside of Philadelphia, and so many of towns and everything are named after Native American tribes or Native American words. And I feel like I finally, after 30 some years, was able to wrap my mouth around some of the ones in Massachusetts. And then we come here and it's just like a whole nother language, literally, that really? you're slowly learning um, to try to sound half intelligent when you pronounce the names of these towns. Well, yeah, I don't I can't even try to be. <laughs> so that's why I, I, I hesitated there a minute. Yeah. And you're Luke, right? Yes. And that's then my, that's my middle son's name. Oh, there you go. Perfect. And, we, and there's Heidi too. Yes, she is there. I think. I think Heidi. Hi, Heidi. Kurt Dimer, how are I'm you? I'm here. Oh, perfect. So, have you always been a music guy? Was this always sort of in the back of your head? This is what I want to do. I was a music guy when I was young. Uh, um, actually. My sister, who passed away at 45, was more of the music thespian growing up. Mm-hmm. I was more of the worker guy. 
I started working when I was 10, 11 years old. I was a telemarketer. I cut lawns, all that stuff. But I always was in music. I was in the concert band. I was a percussionist. I formed a band out of high school, but I was also a party guy, and uh, which caused me a lot of, of trouble back then. And I decided at around the age of 20, the band that I had formed, it was, it was great. It was fun. I was doing, we were playing out and getting some decent shows, but I decided I need to grow up and finish my degree and figure out who I am and be see that I can be a responsible person. So I ended up getting married at a young age and was married to my wife. I had three kids with for over 21 years and I just, kept growing as a person and working and learning how to have a hard work ethic and started following my dreams of being an entrepreneur after I worked in the corporate world a little bit, which I hated. Mess. I could, I could see that. Yeah. I, <laughs> well, my dad was a corporate guy. That's why we moved so much as a kid. He would work for golf and Chevron and every time he'd get a new job, we get transferred. I've lived in 11 cities before I graduated high school. So, you know, I was always having to make new friends. It was not easy, you know, and I, and, you know, I did, I, I just I had this band and we did it and I just decided, let's put that on the back burner. If I'm ever lucky enough again, one day to do this and do it the right way and not take a free fall, then I'll do it. If I can't, well, at least I did it now. So I built these companies, these successful companies and oil brands, because I, I learned how to do the oil stuff from my father, get working for Chevron in the corporate world. Then I took that to my own businesses. And I just started my own businesses without the help of anybody else above my garage with a computer. And I had a dry erase board and I'd figure out, because I was a telemarketer, I'd sell oil and have it shipped from point A to point B and then figure out how much profit I made. And I started that way. And now I've got three very successful businesses that run themselves. And I uh, had gone down to do a cameo for my Starfire oil brand in a John Travolta movie called Trading Paint. And it was just to present the check. You know, I was the owner of Starfire and Coolance Plus. So, and I go down there and I'm walking around and they start taking pictures and stuff of me. And they go, we'd like to offer you a speaking role in this movie we need a track announcer for the end of trading paint. And I'm like with John Travolta and, you know, Toby Sebastian from uh, game of Thrones and all. And next thing I know, two hours later, I'm filming a scene with John. Tra I'm like talking with John Travolta, planning out my scene. I've got people all around me. It was the big ending. And I'm like, that was my sign. And so I started getting into film and a year about a year and a couple months later, with the people I was doing films with, I, I was dabbling in music again. And I heard these songs that my co-writer, who's written a lot of songs with me at the beginning, Ben Trexel, um, I got together with him at the studio where we would do our filming and stuff. And I said, let me do the lyrics the way my voice would be on these. And these songs aren't coming out yet. You'll, you'll hear them though later. But uh, that's where I got back into the music in De December of 2018, and here I am. But I've been climbing the ladder trying to figure out who's good and who's bad in the music business. But, you know, it's you that's get a challenge. Punched, you get punched, you get knocked down, and you get taken. 
but I don't ever give up. So tell me so I can't do something, I'm going to do it. You know? So here I am, man. Seriously. Well, and that's such a crazy trajectory. So many people, most people would say, okay, I did this, you know, obviously corporate America was the way to go. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm making all kinds of money. I'm doing so well. And then not only did you go into one dream field, you've gone into two. Like that's unreal. Yeah, I just, you only live once, you know, and uh, why sit around? I'm ne- I've never been one. I'm never going to retire. I'll play music until I drop. You know, it's what we live one time and then we get to sleep forever. So why, why not try to live all the dreams you can and cross all those things off the list that you can, you know, hell, I was at a golf outing. I used to golf when I worked for other people, you know, because you got an expense account. And you of course. was an athlete when I was young until I started partying too much. So I was always good at sports, but I was out golfing at a, I got a, a hole in one. I'm like, how the hell did I get a hole in one? But I got to cross it off my list. And so at Tory yeah. Pines of all places. Oh my God, of all places. That's amazing. So I'm like, why does this stuff happen to me? But you know, my, my, I believe my sister, you know, I lost her, but she was big in music. My father sang in the church choir his whole life. He was a baritone and they're both have passed in the last decade. And it's like, they're both with me now. Like Kurt, you're still alive. Live your dreams. Like what we, you know, I've got guides, you know, it's weird. I really believe that, you know, yeah. I was with them That's both amazing. And I, with a pat when they passed, I was with them both at the exact time they passed. It's at the same hospice. Wow. So I believe they're with oh my me gosh. and it's time to time to, oh, for sure. I mean, my goal, people are like, why are you doing it now? I'm like, well, I'm doing it. Cause I want to, I want to bring rock and roll back the way it was when I first heard ACDC or I went to my Judas Priest shows back in the day and just was mesmer. I saw Iron Maiden before Bruce was in the band. You know, it's like, I want to go perform for people all over the world and be the best I can be. I'm not doing this half-ass, you know. I, would so I got Phil X and uh, Phil X and I met, you know, and how <laughs> lucky am I to have him as my guitar player? Gee. He's the best guitar player I've ever heard in my life. And I've heard a lot of guitar because I've loved rock my whole life. But like you've got your parallel, uh, like kind of dream jobs and you're working with John Travolta. You're, you're, you've got a speaking part in a film. And then when you get to the music, it's not like you just with a couple of friends form a band, you team up with Phil X of all people to but, play but in your band to get to Phil X I had to work I did have a band with just people from Alabama and stuff to create the music that could get me noticed out in LA through the different managers I've had to go through so mm-hmm. it was it was a climbing of the ladder to get to it then it, during because D- David Bendis mixed my first demo but then that demo was taken and redone with my with one of my managers who was well known in the music business as a sound engineer, and um, he introduced me to Chris Lord Algie to remix what Bendith had done. And Chris Lord Algie and I turn out to end up to be really good friends and start working together. And the, he, I went on a little promo thing for the for when I was going under my old name. And Chris, Chris and Ben and I had had the idea to do have a cigar, our version that you hear. And Chris said, when you get back, I'm going to have something for you that I want you to come in and cut the vocals. 
And ever since then, Chris and I have been going nuts. And Chris had met Phil, I think, at Rock in Rio or whatever they call the big show down in Rio. Mm-hmm. He had yeah. Phil X, and he was hiring yeah. Phil X to play guitar. And I didn't even know it was Phil X. It was like, it's the CLA band. And then I finally found out it was Phil X. Then we shot the video together. The first time we met was that cigar video. That's the first day we ever met. And uh, amazing. we've been friends ever since. And now we're collaborating on all this music. And uh, it's like a natural. Phil X and I are like the same age. We're one month apart. Our mothers were the same, are the same age. Uh, I mean, it's crazy how life works. And we both wish we would have met when we were in our mid twenties, but that wasn't the way it was supposed to happen. You know, you got to go with the flow. So that kind of gives you how I met Chris and then it turned into Phil X. And then once I started creating this a level type product, then Andy Gould came on as my manager and Paul Gargano and we're not stopping, man. My goal, what your goal should be to play the biggest shows in the biggest stadiums all over the world and become a band that's known. And when you die, you leave a legacy and people are still listening to your music. And that's my goal. Well, you're already playing some pretty phenomenal places right out of the gate. I know how lucky. I mean, Daryl's house. I'm in Detroit. So the machine shop in Flint is legendary. I mean, there's, like you're already doing it. Maybe they're not the biggest yet, but they're certainly iconic. Yeah, and I and my management's great now. And my, uh, how lucky am I to get to open for Jeff Tate, who I remember watching sing "Silent Lucidity" with an orchestra on MTV once. You know, yep. at an award show. I mean, I remember that video. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, <laughs> and then I'm in a video with him, and him and I are friends now. I got a picture of us right over here in my studio, in my bar. It's like. How, now I'm friends with him, who I just loved all those guys back then. It's you're never too old to live your dreams as long as you work hard and you keep fighting and don't let it knock you down. And I was lucky the way I did it because I built these other businesses so I can take punches because I've been punched. You know, mm-hmm. not easy starting. I was told I couldn't start an oil company. Everybody was already established. You, you hear no all the time. That's why so many people don't. They give up and I just don't give up. You tell me I can't do something, then I'll do it even bigger and better. So that's just the way I'm built. Were you built like that from birth? I've always been a creative mind and a hard worker. I mean, I started working when I was 10. I mean, I had 20 yards. I lived in Houston for the longest, for six years was the longest we lived anywhere going through high school. So I had a yard business, I had a moped, I'd pull my stuff around with a trailer. My friends would get off the school bus after school, I had a moped, I'd, they'd pay, I'd say, give me five bucks, you can ride my moped around the block and you can have some food out of my mom's pantry. <laughs> you know, I've always been a worker and you pre- present me with a problem, even in life. I mean, I, people have always said, you should do a talk show where you just have everyday people call in and you just help them with their issues. Cause I know how to, I've, I've learned I'm, I have a master's and I have a bachelor's degree, but I'm very street smart because I figure everything out. There isn't anything that that I won't figure out if you unless it's a foreign language and you tell me I need to learn how to speak it. I I don't, I wouldn't like that. And I don't like math. (laughs) Fair. 
I never passed algebra two. I just said I needed to learn how to work a calculator and figure out how much profit was left after, you know, cost of goods and what I yep. said. So, uh, I didn't pass algebra two either. <laughs> and then I figured out a way to get through college and everything without even taking it. You know, I avoided math. I never took calculus, none of that, but I didn't need it. So I was an English literature major yep, who, started, who started. I did that too. You're in English literature? That's I amazing. Poetry and everything. So now I'm using my degree actually. But that's amazing. I, I use my master's for my business. I got a management and marketing degree that Chevron paid for it. But my English literature degree now I'm living. I love it. I love it. I mean, I'm so happy now. I'm so relaxed. And, I just ready to rock. I'm ready to go. Have you done? What do your What do your friends and family think when they like? Are they like, of course, of course, you're doing this? Is this just something they just knew, or are they like, what? You're you've done what now? Well, my mom, you know, it's me and my mom now, and she fully supports me, and is so she's very happy that I'm doing that. Carrie, you know, she was a her and my sister were real close it was just two of us so my mom's very proud and can't wait to come to the shows my grandma i lost last year was 106 when she passed my mom wow but she knew and she would listen to me on her on on her uh alexa some of the early stuff you know <laughs> all being redone so she was proud of me in fact the last time i talked to her before she passed i was getting ready to do a show in vegas last year which we were we did a small run September October last year, and uh, talked to her, and she passed a week later while I was in the studio. But I told her I'm out here, Grandma. My my grandpa, her husband, was a motivational speaker. I go, I'm doing stuff like Grandpa did because my lyrics are very positive, and I'm trying to help people think and not just writing about nonsense shit. And uh, I'm like it. I'm like what Grandpa did, but I'm I'm singing it, and we're doing rock and roll, and she. Last, she said, I'm very proud of you. I love you, love you, love you. I'll never forget it. So I've got her with me too. And uh, it, it's crazy, man. My family supports it. My kids, you know, can you imagine having a dad who was, a, you know, kind of kind of different when he was married to their mom, but right. then we got divorced. Okay, here's who your dad really is. And I kept running the companies and I built these businesses. You know, when I first had my first son, I was broke, like zero dollars. And we, when I, he went to Boston uh, University and we were, I was up there visiting him once. He goes, it's amazing, dad, to see in my lifetime what you've done since I was a little kid. Cause you were, we were broke when I was a little guy and look at what you've built. And now it's like, you know, and I went through the lumps of growing into being a rock, you know, rock and roll um, singer in movies. And they're like, they're, I, can you imagine watching? Like, I was a totally different dude. Like, I was being who the other person wanted me to be. And now they get to see who their dad really is. And they fully support it. They love it. So my, my, I have two other, I have three boys and all with the same mom and they're very, I mean, my whole family supports it in there, but I can only imagine like the way I look now compared to before, it's got to trip them out a little bit, but fully embraced it. So. But in a good way, I'm sure. Oh yeah. yeah. Like, you know, awesome. 
They love it. I mean, my youngest son, he's still in high school. He wears his t-shirts to school and all. He's very proud, you know, because he gets to hear behind the scenes. Like he knows what's coming out on the first EP before any of you guys do, you know, because I'm jamming it in my car. Yeah, no. And if he can move some merch, all the better. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, I've got a I've got a <laughs> old in the two mid-20s. So I mean, and they're all fans. That's excellent. So you guys are going out for like three months straight. Uh have you been on the road that long, or is this your first kind of well, bigger, longer trip? We did a tour during the, the height of you know, when COVID kind of calmed down September Oct- or October in November. And we did about 18, 19 dates, but I have, I been on, this is like 40, I think yeah, 45 plus dates. And we just added a couple more. Um, no, ha- the question is, have I done that many? No, but I work out every day. I lift weights. I walk, I work on my set by myself. I'm, I'm always, you know, I'm always going. So I have no problem with it. I, in fact, I embrace it. I wish it was more and it was going longer. So, yeah. But How- we just need to introduce ourselves to as many people as we can so we can grow this as quick as we can. And you can't do it if you're not out working. So, I'd yeah. rather be out doing that than sitting around wondering what, you know, I'm going to do with my day. Cigar, you're gonna go far. You're gonna fly high. You're never gonna die. For more information on dates and to stay in the loop about any new music that might be coming down in the next little bit, check out his website, KurtDimer.com. You can check us out on all the various socials. Be sure to visit our website at rockandrollgradschool.com and don't forget to leave us a review. Today's show is produced by myself and Heidi Hegquist. Our reluctant producers are John Survey and Sandy Stone. Our willing producers are Rachel Allen and Randy Jeanette. Our intern is Zach Jackson. This one's for Philippe. Thank you, good night, and may all your favorite bands stay together. Find a way.